me say this before I get started. I know that a lot of times we don't stay in our time range. Um, I don't. I don't have a time range, obviously. But I understand that people make plans, and you got stuff that you you plan according to time. So, uh, if anybody in here ever needs to get up and go out, you're not bothering anybody, and you're not bothering me, or we're not going to take it offensively. We don't carry our feelings on our shoulders and that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of times, I'll rush through something to get you out of here. Uh, today, I'm not going to rush through this because. It's something I think that we all need to hear and something that I, I really studied this for myself. Um, seeking the Lord in some areas of my life. And, uh, man, if it don't help anybody else, it surely helped me. So hopefully this will transfer and, <clears throat> and help you. That's what we're here for. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 40, 31. Uh, We'll, uh, want to look at this. Most everybody has probably heard this, or a lot of you, it's your favorite verse. Um, I do want to start in verse 28. Lord speaking, he said, Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, never faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall fail and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, this is opening weekend of deer season and and y'all know I love to deer hunt. Obviously, half the church does too, more than me. But uh, every year, I look forward to a, a new deer season. And usually usually by the end of last uh, year, at the end of the season, I'm tired and I'm, I'm worn out and burned out and emptied out and, and sometimes frustrated or sometimes overly satisfied. And, and, you know, so I'm ready for the end to come when the end is there. But then, you know, eight months passes and you get new places sometimes and new equipment and, and new set of tags. I always like a fresh set of tags and, and new goals and, uh, and, but most of all, a new heart for it. And, 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 uh, and that's what I would call renewal. You know, I, I don't know of anybody who gives themselves to something, an area of their life that, that you love, that you just continually always, you're always full of strength and full of energy and full of excitement, you know. Every one of us in areas of our life, we all need times where we need renewal because we get tired and worn and frustrated and, and that's in every area of our life, whether, whether it's spiritually, whether emotionally, physically, you can't separate that. That's the way God built us, you know. And, uh, and I guess I've, I've been through a long season, it seems, to where I really need the Lord to renew me. You know, I think we can go through processes to try to convince ourselves that, all right, I'm, I'm through that. And I'm, I'm renewing, I'm fresh, and then the next thing you know, like, I'm, I'm still tired and, I, and I'm still frustrated. And so anyhow, so I dug into this and really started uh, seeking the Lord. And like, Lord, you know, I need you to renew me in a lot of areas of my life. <clears throat> and... um and so what I mean by renewal, and I'm going to deal with spiritual renewal this morning and encourage you to carry that out with 
all three areas of your life. Um, and there's a lot of areas where, where we get worn and we get tired and, and, and burn out. But when I talk about spiritual renewal, I'm talking about having a new strength, uh, energy, uh, a new hope, uh, a new vision, a purpose in your life, joy. That's honestly an area where I've really focused in on. You know, the Bible says in his presence is the fullness of joy. And I look at my life, I'm always analyzing, I'm an analytical thinker, and I look at my life and I just go, man, do I have the fullness of joy? And and I haven't had up to recently, and I, I ain't saying I, I do at this point, I don't, I don't know if I know what the fullness of joy is, I want it though, and I want what God has for my life, and so I never want to settle for anything less, and I don't want to get in a, you know, just a rut where you're going through the motions, I want to, I want to live life and I want to serve God with a zeal and excitement and full of God's spirit and and I know there's a lot of you here that want to do that too and and a lot of times we do and you have and like I say it's it's not wrong that you get burnt out it's not wrong that you get worn and tired that's just what happens to us but we also got to come to the place to go all right I'm not going to stay there and so this is a process that I've studied through and tried to apply in my life that has helped me and hopefully to help you uh, areas, uh, and I want to give you an illustration of what I mean by spiritual renewal. You remember when the Lord was crucified there for three days, the disciples, the women that followed him, they was totally confused. They expected Jesus was going to come in and set up his kingdom, and they didn't understand everything that we do um, because we've got uh, hindsight. And so they were very uh, empty and broken and, and worn like that. They all of a sudden, you know, on the resurrection morning when the, <clears throat> when the women went there and they saw Jesus raised, that's what I'm talking about. It was like, you know, we are no longer in the place of being discouraged or frustrated or empty or confused. Or and they ran <clears throat> to tell the disciples, you remember how Peter and John, they ran to the grave and it was just like a new energy within them. And then another illustration in Acts chapter 3, the, the cripple at Gate Beautiful where he was crippled and he's lame and he sat there all his life and he was begging. And then all of a sudden when, when Peter said, you know, silver and gold I don't have, but the thing that I have I give you freely in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And immediately he received strength to his bones and his ankles. And you see him, he's got, he's got a total renewal. His is physical, emotional, and spiritual because you see him going to the temple and he's walking and leaping and praising God. I'm like, man, that's what I want in my life. You know, I, all of us are crippled at one time, beggars, and, and, and I want that place in my life where I'm like, I, I'm not looking for what everybody else has going on. He didn't care what anybody in the temple was doing. He, his, his life was motivated by the, the power and the glory and the presence of God so much he was just he couldn't contain it so that's what i'm talking about you know and a lot of times we need it whether it's in our personal walk or maybe you need it in your ministry and we all all the times we need it in our marriage or your family your relationships and or maybe it's in your purpose and the activities that you're involved in so it applies in every area of your life so i want you to write down some notes on on this this morning so you can study this out and look at it so what are the signs of a need of renewal in our life you know this here in this scripture talks about, uh, in verse 29, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. And I looked up the word renewal. <clears throat> I believe it's in the Greek. The Greek meaning of the New Testament meaning of the word renewal means to make, I love it, to make young again. 
you know, us older folk, we know how you felt when you're young. Feels way different now, don't it? Amen. Maybe this is just a message for 40, so, right? but, but when you hit our age, and a lot of us in here, I've been your pastor for a long time, and I've, I've watched us grow together, and it's funny how we go through a lot of the same stages in life together. And I'm gonna tell you, young people, midlife crisis, it's real. Very real. And you're gonna have some issues to work through when you hit your 40s. So you better walk with the Lord. But, um, but anyhow, I just thought when I read that, I thought, man, I'd love to be young again. You young people don't know how blessed you are that you wake up in the morning and you can actually get out of bed without having a winch to get you up. You know, oh, I sound like a horror movie every morning when I get up. And so I'm like, man, Lord, it would be so awesome. I think it's going to be the awesome thing about heaven is I'm going to be young again. Man, I look so forward to feeling that. And so one of the signs that you need renewal in your life is when everything seems old. You know, when you say, man, this is getting old. It's not just physical. But sometimes we say it about our marriage. Man, this is getting old. Sometimes we say it about our circumstances. It's getting old. Church, this is getting old. Ministry, this is getting old. It means that you've been depleted. It's a basically a sign of you're empty inside. Second thing is in 4029, Trey won't read it again, but it's weariness. A second sign that you need renewal is that you, there's a lot of weariness. That word weariness means to be faint. To have no might, to be weary, it means I'm tired. You know, we physically get tired a lot all the time. But what about spiritually? I'm just tired of this, and I'm tired of that, and I don't want to. I don't want to be involved in this. I'm just kind of tired. I get tired of studying. To tell you, there's times of weariness in my life, and the Bible even says much studying brings brings the heart weariness. And sometimes, and here's where I'm at. A lot of times, you, the devil will jump on this kind of stuff and go, "Look at you." You ought not be tired of this, and you ought not be tired of that, and you ought not think this is old, and he wants to pour on guilt. Here's the thing. The Lord knows we grow weary. That's why he wrote this scripture in Isaiah chapter 40. He knew we were going to have times where we're faint. He knew there's going to be times where we're frustrated or where we're discouraged and all those things. And so it's not wrong that you feel there. It's wrong that you stay there when God's made a way that we can be renewed. The third thing, and this is where I really want to focus in on, <clears throat> the third thing is that you got bad fruit in your life. You know, the Bible talks about knowing a tree by its fruit, and we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of God in your life. And I think a lot of times when we're in a place where we need renewal, we've made a fruit exchange. So I want you to think about these when I read them. I looked up the anonym or the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. The first fruit of the Spirit it talks about is joy. You know, I'll give them to you. Joy, peace, love, temperance, meekness, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness. There in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 and 25, if you want to look at that later. And so, think about this, and I want you to be honest to yourself this morning, and go, which which one do I have? Do you have joy, or do you have bitterness? Second one is peace, opposite of that is turmoil. Whether it's inside of you, you know, here's the thing, when you have bad fruit inside, you'll see it spilling out on the outside. If you got, if you've got turmoil in some relationships, it's because you've got turmoil inside that's pouring out into those relationships. Third one is love. Fruit of the Spirit is love. The opposite of that is animosity, indifference, or apathy. Just not caring is what apathy is. It means inside of you, do you have love? When you look at, when you look at the world, when you look at lost people, when you look at your husband or your wife, when you look at your mom and dad, when you look at the people that you minister to, can you say, I have animosity, I have indifference towards these people or towards this person in my life? The fourth one is temperance. Means I keep my temper, my body under control is basically what that means. The opposite of that is anger or agitation. 
And you ever, you ever get agitated in your marriage relationship? Man, agitated. We get, some, here's the thing is some of the people that we love the most are the ones that, that'll see this. You can get agitated with your, you, you die for your kids, but sometimes you get agitated with them. And sometimes your kids get agitated with you. And sometimes you get agitated with your brothers and sisters in Christ in the church. Um, meekness, meekness is power under control. Uh, the opposite of that, or, or basically humility in your life, the opposite of that is arrogance and pride. It's where when you speak or when you act, you're not acting out of like Jesus did in the spirit of meekness. He's very meek. You, you spout off and you let pride do your speaking or arrogance do your acting. Uh, the other one is, another one is long-suffering. Fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. The opposite of that is frustration or intolerance. I've had some intolerance in my life here lately when I hear about all the stuff that's going on in the world. And I want to talk about that. I call it toxicity. When you get so much toxicity in your life and you look at the news and you listen to the negative and you listen to darkness and you and you hear about this this group of people and that group of people and these politicians and all this stuff, if you're not careful, you're so filled with that stuff, all of that stuff starts molding your, your who you are. Rather than letting the God's spirit mold who you are. And then all of a sudden that I became very intolerant. Like, you know what? If they all go to hell, that's their business. I don't care. Y'all don't get that way? Come on. Let's get real. I mean, I'm being real this morning. And that's a red flag. I'm like, I don't think Jesus would have said that. I was talking to my Sunday school class this morning about popping somebody in the mouth. I'm like, man, where did that come from? You know, I'm just being honest with you. Now, I wasn't being ugly. We was talking about preachers, but. And <laughs> Anyhow, I, I told him, I said, y'all know, I just, I'm just, sometimes I say stuff probably I'll not say. Every once in a while, somebody needs a good pop in the mouth, and that's just, alright, that's, anyhow, it fixed a lot. I'm gonna move on. Goodness! Here we go! Another fruit of the Spirit is goodness. If nothing else, y'all are sitting there thinking, God help our pastor. I'll take those prayers. Goodness, um, just to be good towards people, showing goodness of God towards people that He's shown in your life, or, or it also this is connect with morality. Um, um, so the opposite of that would be dishonesty, immorality, or just plain old meanness. Amen. Gentleness is the last one, and and the opposite of that is just a hardness or a roughness. Sometimes we as parents, if we're not careful, we get that towards our kids, don't we? Sometimes as husbands, we'll speak that towards our wife or a wife, vice versa, towards your husband. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with things in a rough way where God's like, I want you to, I want you to deal with things in gentleness and goodness and, and so anyhow, looking at all that stuff, um, is what I would refer to as just toxicity in our life. We're, we are not in the place we need to be. And so if you have any one of those things in your life or a multiple like me, you know, you look at me, I look like a group of red flags going up. I'm like, God, if I'm being honest, not blowing a bunch of Christian smoke here, that if I look at my life and I look at that list, and I'm, I'm in a way better place now, but a few weeks ago I was looking at that and I was thinking, God, that describes me. You know, the, the negative list is just more descriptive of where I'm at in my spirit now than, than what the spirit, you know, the fruits of the spirit are. So sometimes you get rotten fruit in your life. So, so that's the signs of it. What's the causes of it? Okay. Every one of these that I studied, the causes of the, the need of renewal, the things that you see in this list that we just talked about is directly related to your relation to God. Every one of them. The cause of it, number one, why do, why are we empty? Go, I'm going to go back over those three things. Why is it that we're empty or that everything seems old? Number one, because we're failing to see 
the glory of God. We're failing to see God. We're failing to see and glorify God. Here's the thing. I study the scripture. Number one, a lot of times we need renewal because we focus on the flesh. We focus on other people. And I'm going to get you a lot of scripture here and just say, stay with me. We focus on the flesh. We focus on other people. We focus on people's response. In any area of our life. Second thing is we focus on the temporary. We let our situations and our circumstances. And, and when you focus on other people, a lot of times what we do is we, we're consumed. In your life, listen to me, if you look at an area of your life and it's being consumed, God's spirit doesn't consume us in that way. God's spirit magnifies, multiplies, enlarges, gives life, fills, overflows. That's what the Bible teaches. Whereas if your life is being consumed, a relationship is consuming you, and taste taking away your joy, is taking away your purpose, is taking away your, your desires to serve the Lord or to walk with God, that's of the flesh because you are focused on the temporary, you are focused on the physical, you're focused on other people in life, you're not walking with the Lord, you're not looking to God, you're not, you know, plugged in into the, the, the spirit of God in your life. And so you come to a place where you're very empty. And a lot of times we're looking for other people to fill us and they're just as empty as we are. You know, you pull up to a gas pump if it says empty and you get out and go through all the process, you can still push the button, you can still take the pump, you put it in your car, but if that thing is empty, your, your car is not getting filled up. And you can go through this whole process of coming to church and reading your Bible and doing your stuff and, and getting your check marks. But listen to me, if what your source is empty, you're not going to get filled. And if you're looking for somebody or something in your life that is temporary to, to restore or renew you, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, so why are we weary? What's the cause of weariness? Failing to rely upon and draw from God. We're looking, like I said, to other sources. We're looking to other people. And here's the thing I want you to focus on. We're never resting. We're always going. I think that's one of the most applicable things, applicable things in my life. And I think it's everybody's life. We live in a culture where we're just rolling all the time. We don't know what rest is. We are uncomfortable with resting now. And we've come to the place where the Lord's like, You've got to rest. And when you live a life where you continue to go and to push, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, and you never come to a place of rest, then you're going to end up weary. The third thing is, why is it we've got toxicity in our life, the lack of fellowship with the Lord? We've got too much. I want you to pay attention on this. And you got too much interference. Social media, TV, how busy we are, even our entertainment. Some of the things we look at in our life, we go, this is good and it helps me. It's not helping you. It, it might be helping you, you know, emotionally. Oh, I went to this and it made me so happy. But spiritually, you're just drying up on the vine. And you wonder why it doesn't last. The second reason is the lack of fellowship with God is because I got too much sin in my life. When I have sin in my life, I'll avoid fellowship with God. When you're living in continual habitual sin, and I'm talking about, I know we all fall and fail every day, but I'm talking about you are involved in sin, you're involved in it, you know it, you're ignoring what God's trying to do to make you come out of that sin, repent of it, move away from it, forsake it, you're involved in it, you're enjoying it, you're a part of that, you can't do that and also fellowship with the Lord. You don't have that good communion with God's spirit when you're living in sin. Look in Psalm chapter 51, or you can stay where you're at and I'll read it to you. In Psalm 51, you remember there was a point in time in David's life where he 
was involved in an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba, which led to lie and deceit, which led to murder and all these things. And finally, and this, this went on for a good period of time in his life. And then all of a sudden, God sends a man to reveal it to him. And, and Psalm 51 is David's psalm or prayer of repentance. Most of you have read this a hundred times your life, but I want you to, I want to read verse six. He says, behold, you desire truth on my inward parts. On the hidden part of you, or on the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness. You see what he had lost? He felt, he felt dark. He felt dirty. He felt no joy. He had lost his gladness. That the bones you have broken may rejoice. He experienced the correction of God. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. And notice what he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners shall be converted to you. And so... David had an interruption in his life. And you need renewal sometimes because there's been an interruption in your life. His life was interrupted with sin. And it, you can't listen to me as, as a believer, as a child of God. You can't just live however you want to, especially when it's contrary to God's word. What we want to do is go, yes, I want the Holy Spirit in my life. Yes, I want the fruits of the Spirit. Yes, I, I obviously want joy and peace and, and long-suffering and meekness. And I want the fullness of God. And I want to be excited about God. And I want all the things that God has. And I want the world and everything that's is, that is given me. And I want some of these secret sins in my life. Nobody else knows about it. Why can't I just have both? Because isn't that what grace is for? And we think and we've sometimes even been taught that, you know, you can do that. You go, and, and then here's we go. Well, everybody falls and everybody makes mistakes and don't we all sin? So that means I can just continue in this life. And all of a sudden when you look at them and go, man, I'm in a place I never thought that I would be. This has brought me to this place in life because you're listening to other people tell you what's not true rather than looking to God's word and go, God, I desire fellowship with you more than I desire anything that this world has to offer me because this world can not give me what God can. And so in that, uh, you come back to a place where, where you get all that toxic stuff of negative and critical and, and the stress and the anxiety and everything that goes along with trying to live apart from a close personal relationship with Jesus. You know, we say it all the time, you know, salvation is a personal relationship. A personal relationship doesn't mean that at one point in time that I was born again, became God's child, and then I went on living like the world. A personal relationship means that I was born of God's Spirit and that I walk with the Lord. I commune with Him. I talk with Him. He talks with me. I walk in God's ways in obedience because I believe His Word is true and that He is who He says He is and He'll do what He says He does. And I see God in my life and God works in me and through me and all those things. That's what it means to have a personal relationship. If all you're doing is going to church, feeling bad, getting some encouragement or whatever it is, that's not a personal relationship. 
You know, there's, here's the thing. Some of, some of us treat our relationship to God like we treat our relationship to people in the church. I see you on Sunday. You see me. Hey, I mean, I was, brother Ricky, me and brother Ricky, we don't hunt together. We end fish together. And we, I love him to death and I believe he loves me. I hope he does. I think he does. Do you? Okay. So, but, but here's the thing. I see him basically at church and I'm like, Hey, Ricky, what's going on? You know, if something comes up in his life, I'm going to try to be there for him. I believe he'd do absolutely the same for me, but that's not a personal relationship. That's a friendship. That's a connection based upon Christ. But that's not a personal relationship. He don't know a whole lot about me. And I don't know a whole lot about him. You've been going to church here for a long time. Doesn't mean we're in a bad place. Okay. But, you know, the, when you tell a personal relationship is I know everything about her. I spend every moment with her possible. Love her. Loves me. Everything together. We go through hard times. We go through good times. That's what Jesus wants in your life. He doesn't want, hey, show up on Sunday. You know a little about me. I know a little bit about you. So we're good. It's like, I want to go beyond that. I want to know the Lord. I want to know who he is. I want to relate to God. I want to see God working in it through my life. I want what the Bible teaches, not what the church has been offering. You understand what I'm saying? And so in that, how do we find a way of renewal? Stay with me. I'm almost done. I want to talk about the way of renewal. Here's the good one. Write this down. Number one, you got to refocus. You got to refocus. Isaiah 40, 28 says this. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Sometimes we forget. The everlasting God, notice how it just magnifies God. The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He never faints, nor is he weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And so in our life, when I find myself where I'm empty and everything's getting old, the Lord's like, you need to, you need to refocus here. You bring your sight back on me. Do you not know who I am? Do you not know what I'm capable of? You know, I'll read it real quick. In Second um, Corinthians chapter 14, write it down, look at it later. Second Corinthians 14, 4. Paul's talking about a lot of the troubles that they're going through in their ministry and in their service to the Lord. But one thing that he says here that stuck out to me, if I can find my place. He says this. Um, starting in verse 16, he talks about verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us more exceeding and eternal weight and glory. While we do not look, listen to me, while we do not look, his focus is not on the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. How many of you live in life focused on what's temporary? And you wonder why you're always empty and why everything's always old. He says, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. When you come up in life and everything's old and everything's empty and everything's being consumed, it's because you need to refocus on what's eternal. The scripture before that, he, he talked about what they said. Basically, our, our hope comes from the fact that Jesus rose from the dead and the same spirit that rose him will raise us. How many of us live our lives focused on one day I'm going to be raised? One day I'm going to be young. One day I'm going to run and not be weary. To focus on the Lord 
and the things that he's promised us and what Jesus has done for us. Um, the second thing on this is, I think it's very important, is rest. you got to refocus and you got to rest. And I won't go into it as a good study, but, you know, the Lord established a Sabbath day when he created everything. I'm not talking about being under the law and worshiping on Sabbath, but the purpose of the Sabbath was to rest. It was to come to a place, even under the law, they were to do no work on the Sabbath, and they were to worship and to reflect on the week and the goodness of God so that they would be rested physically, they would be rested spiritually, they would be renewed in their heart because of that. What do you do when you rest? What I mean by that, the first thing when you rest is you need to disconnect and detoxify. I'm not, listen, I'm not talking about disconnect from a church, alright? Everybody gonna go on a trip. I'm talking about disconnecting from the things that always tries to feed us. All the negative things, all the things of the world. And we need to detoxify, get those things out of my, you know, that's the purpose of confession. Confession is not God's holding sin against you, ready to zap you. Confession is like Jesus washing the disciples' feet. You know, Peter said, you know, Lord, wash my hands, my head, and my feet. And he said, those who have been bathed, this is a Greek word, those who have been bathed need not to be bathed again. You just need a little washing. And you've been saved. You've been born again. Your sins are washed away and forgiven. But the Lord's like, confession means I'm getting rid of this toxic junk out of my heart and out of my life and out of my spirit that the world is so, you know, all about shoving it in us. You know what I'm saying? Things you look at on the phone, things you hear at work, things that you listen to from other people. The world's always trying to fill you with toxic junk and negative stuff and things of darkness. And you got to come to a place to go, all right, I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to rest. And, you know, the Bible said we're renewed day by day. Not just, you know, once a year, every six months, take a spiritual vacation, but, you know, I'm going to put these things out. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, you know, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of my mind. I'm going to put these things out of my mind. And so each day, here's what I want to give you. This is something you do. Each day, how do you disconnect and, and detoxify? Each day you take a moment. I don't care how bad your day was, how busy your day was. Take it aside. Maybe you need to be one of those where you're on a schedule. You know, and go, okay, 8.37 every night. I'm going to take my time with the Lord. I'm going to find me a place where I'm by myself. I'm going to sit down. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to give God thanks. I'm going to go through my day. I'm going to thank God for at least three things today. Probably a whole lot more than that. But three things I'm going to sit down. I, I woke up this morning. I'm going to be honest with you. That's the way the devil works on me, especially on Saturdays and Sunday mornings. My mind was just, he was putting everything he could put in my mind negative this morning. I got up before daylight. I walked in there, got down on my knees, and I just started thanking the Lord. It's like, God, just because don't you get consumed by negative to where it seems like any one, all it takes one negative thing, just to, all of a sudden it takes you off on a brain chase in your life and you can't think of anything. But all of a sudden you sit down before the Lord and go, God, I just want to be thankful. Even in the times where you got a lot going on, God, I just thank you for my family. I thank you for my health. I thank you I had a warm bed to sleep in last night because it would have been miserable to be homeless. I thank you that my kids are healthy. I thank you for saving my soul. I thank you for the hope that I've got. I thank you that when I'm, I'm not in a bad place, but thank you, Lord, that when I'm going through trial, it, it, this too shall pass. There's so many things, and all of a sudden you start. You know what was awesome was? Here's what's awesome. When you begin to have a thank, there's so much power in things. When you begin to thank the Lord, Satan cannot stay in that presence. He can't stand it. 
And all of a sudden, all that negative stuff started going. I wasn't even thinking about it. And honestly, it's like the Spirit of God, the joy was in my heart. I just kept thinking and kept thinking, like, man, this is good. God, I've had a good week. You're awesome to me, Lord. And, and you know, the devil can just get up out of here. And, and another thing is you gotta do in your rest is you gotta choose to forgive. Write it down, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. The Bible says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Give no place to the devil. It's not just in your marriage where at the end of the day you kiss and make up. It's in all your relationships. No matter who's wronged you, if you allow the devil to get that root of bitterness in your life, it's going to take you to places you never dreamed of. But if you have the power because you have been forgiven, I'm talking to believers, because Christ has forgiven you and you didn't deserve it, you have the power to go. Not because they said they're sorry. Not because they said they're, you know, whatever. But because because Christ forgave me, I choose to forgive you. I choose not to hold this against that person. I'm going to choose to show the same grace to them that's been given to me, and I'm going to release that to the Lord. And then there's also a time of repentance and cleansing, and I think those things, disconnecting and detoxifying each day, giving thanks, choosing to forgive and repentance and cleansing, I think that's how the the man is renewed day by day. Finishing up while you're still awake, let me give you this last one. you got to reconnect. Say, so how do I get those fruits of the Spirit? Jesus said, He is the vine, we are the branches. And that we have to be in fellowship with Jesus. So many believers miss this concept and they think, because of my position, because I am a born again, sealed believer, that from now on everything's good. Listen to me. You can fall into any darkness that an unbeliever can fall into. You can get on a path that is so wicked. I mean, you don't get much more wicked than lying, deceit, murdering one of the people who were devoted to you, adultery with his wife. That's what David, and David was a man after God's own heart. Be so self-righteous that you think because you're saved, you can't do those things. Yes, you can. And if you are not, listen to me. If you don't see your great need to stay close to Jesus, you, like Peter, will deny the Lord. You, like David, will fall into a deep darkness, and you will go in things and do things you never thought of. You can't make it, and neither can I, apart from our close walk with the Lord. That's absolutely, absolutely necessary. And if you don't think you'll need it, you're going to be one of them that hears the rooster crow in your life. You're going to be like, how did I end up here? It's because you never were walking with him there. And so in that, here's your challenge, all right, with that. How do you apply that? you got to yield to the silence. Most of us don't like silence in our life. You know, back to the deer season. One of the things God does in my deer season is I, I, hard, I, I'm, I don't sit down a lot. I don't stop. I like to be moving and working and that kind of stuff. But when you deer hunt, you can't move a whole lot. And so you have to sit down. And one of the things that in the last month of sitting in a tree by myself, you know what? It's hard sometimes even to get off the phone. Well, while I'm sitting here, I'll text people and I'll do this and I'll, even good things. I'm going to encourage this person. I'm going to tell them I've been missing them and da, 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 and all that. And the whole time, you know what that is? That's competition for hearing the voice of the Lord. And the Lord doesn't, he doesn't compete. He's like, I'm not competing with the phone. I'm not competing with your husband or your wife. I'm not competing with the TV. I'm not competing with social media. If you get to the point where you want to hear me, then you have to yield to the silence. To where you stop and you put everything away. What awesome thing about our dear Lisa is, you say, why don't you ever answer your phone? We don't have no cell phone service down there. 
And so I look and I go to do something like, well, that message didn't sin, that message didn't sin. So I might as well put it up. And I started sitting there and I started praying and I got my Bible out and I started reading. And there's a difference between studying for a message and listening for the Lord. And here's where I'm at. Call me crazy, but I started hearing the voice of the Lord really clear. I could give you some stories. It's awesome, but I won't. But I just started hearing God's voice clear in my life. And he started speaking to my heart and showing me some things where I needed to make some changes. I'm like, this is what I'm looking for. God, where you been all my life? You know, this is what I've been missing. Lord's like, not the question where I've been. The question is, where have you been? You don't want to come to the silence. God doesn't get in a shouting match. And you got to come to a place. If you want to connect with the Lord, get everything out of your life. If you got to start it at two minutes at a time. And you come to a place to go, God, I'm going to be silent before you. And, and a lot of times, just quit. Just be quiet. Quit praying and telling the Lord all your problems. Get your Bible out and go, God, I just want to hear you. I don't want to hear you for a message. I don't want to hear you about it. I don't want to talk about my crisis. Lord, I just want to hear you above the crisis, above all this stuff. Fill your mind with truth and hope. And here's the thing that most Baptists don't do. Sense God's presence. You know what? I, I talk to people a lot, and I'm finished with this. I talk to people a lot who I'll say, how's your walk? How's your connection to the Lord? Well, I've been reading my Bible and I'm praying. Okay, what's God doing? I don't know about that. You know, I don't know that. I've been reading a lot, man. I saw some really neat stuff. I got a lot more knowledge. I've been reading these books and they're giving me a lot more knowledge. And I understand. Well, you know what? I've been keeping up with the news and I got a lot of knowledge of Trump. How's your relationship Trump? Don't have one. You can grow in knowledge. You can read a lot of good books from men who have been with the Lord or women who have been with the Lord. And you can talk to people who have been with the Lord. And you can even go to God's Word and you can find out all these mysteries and all these understandings like, wow. But do you sense God's presence? Are you sensing God's presence in your life? It's not a mystical, you're getting charismatic thing. No. Jesus talked about it. He said, if a man obeys my word, if he believes me, my Father and I will come to Him and we will make our home in Him. So the God of the universe, the resurrected King, lives inside of me and I don't sense His presence. We ought to sense God's presence. If you're not sensing God's presence in your life, then you're walking way off from the Lord. God is a personal God. He wants you to know that He's present for you. He wants you to see His presence in your life. If you're not sensing it and seeing it, then His presence, not that He's left you or forsaken you, said you're off in left field and you got something between you and Him that you ain't seeing it and you ain't sensing it. And it's not about an emotional feeling. It's about walking close to the Lord. You're like, man, God, that's amazing. Uh, and I've, I've honestly, I mean, think about Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is a, is a psalm of renewal. It's not a dying psalm where you read it at a funeral. The Bible starts off said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He, feeding, resting. He leads me beside the still waters. Picture of the presence and the spirit of God. He does what? He restores. He renews my soul. He then leads me down paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I have a lot of knowledge, understanding, degrees. I'm reading my Bible, praying, doing all stuff. No, because you are with me. I sense your presence, God, I know. And if you're not seeing God and sensing God's presence in your life, maybe you need to back up and go, maybe I need to rest. 
Maybe I need to find my place of quietness. Maybe I need to go to a place of confession. Maybe I need to come to a place where I'm being real and really seeking the Lord. And I'm not just churching it. That I desire to know the living God. Because he's very knowable. And he's very personal. And I'm telling you right now, you can hear his voice. And it's not just in church. Be honest with you. Some of you can agree. You can agree with me all day long and disagree. It's, God primarily speaks through his word. But I'm telling you right now, God's spirit is alive. You hear his voice in you. Jesus said in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice. I can go on scripture all day long on that. If you've been born again, there is a voice inside of you. And I always test the voices. Some of y'all got some crazy voices. Do you know what I'm saying? You know. I can tell you, I'm not going to tell you because y'all think I'm crazy, but this week I had an experience to where I needed direction. I'm talking about specific direction, and I pray, God, I need to hear your voice if this is going to work out. And a scripture came to my mind. I wish I looked it up, but there's a scripture. I believe it's in Isaiah, and it says, I will be behind you, and I will speak to you to turn to the right or to the left. I experienced that this week. Very clearly, God directed me to something, and I was my, I was so blown away that I heard God's voice so clearly. I was like, oh. you know, when I when I got to where I was trying to get to, it wasn't even about that anymore. So I, Lord, that was your voice. I mean, I just heard it so clear. I was awesome. You know, what's next? You know, that's what I was at. But oh, and I've heard you. If you're a child of God, you've heard that. You've heard that in your life where God's like, no, don't do that, or. You know what? Go this way. Go that way. Make this choice. Make that choice. Man, it is awesome. And, and you got to come to a place because God doesn't go, hey, quit it. You know, he don't, that's your daddy. <laughs> he gives your daddy that authority. God's just like, I'm just, when you want to hear me, you just get quiet. You seek me. The Bible doesn't say you find him when you seek him a little bit. It says God's so important. And he's got so much for you. He said, you will find him when you seek him with all of your heart. So here's my question. Are you seeking God with all of your heart? Do you think what God has for you is that good? I'm stupid, I guess, but I believe what God has for me is that good that I refuse to settle and stop at anything, you know, where there are, there are places where, you know, some people draw a line and then Baptists draw a line. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to step beyond these lines. Nobody's going to keep me. Not through intimidation, not through anything else, not through fitting in. God, I'm willing to look like an absolute moron if, if, if I'm walking close to you and I'm seeing these things and I know you, Lord. That's what I want. And I, I just want to give you some hope. I, this has been about a two or three week process for me. Of trying to apply this in my life and it's working and I've, I'm hearing God's voice really clear. I'm not talking about being a prophet or none of that junk, but I'm talking about having a close relationship with Jesus that surpasses any and everything in my life. And I'm like coming back to a place where I'm like, God, this is good and I love you and I, I thank you. Lord, it's just by God's mercy. I don't deserve anything from the Lord, but God's love is overwhelming in my life and I want that for you. You're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. He's not a painting on a wall. He's not something in a baptistry. He's not a ceremony. He's a loving, personal God who left glory, came as a man, and died and suffered in our place for our sin because he wants you to have a personal relationship with him. He is salvation, and he is awesome.
And if you don't know him, God wants to save you this morning. You know, you don't got to come up here. It's not about some go through a process. It's about the Lord speaking to your heart right now going, you're lost. I want to be your shepherd. I want to be your savior. Man, just humble yourself, surrender, go, Lord, save me a sinner. God saves you. Start a new walk, new life. And I know this building's full of believers who are like, you know what? I'm burnt out. I'm worn. I'm tired. I've got a lot of that bad fruit in my life. That's by your own choice. You gotta to come to a point to go, I recognize that Lord, and now I want to come back to a place to, to, to be renewed. Maybe God plants a seed, you know, revival means to be made alive. The difference between revival and renewal is God sows that seed of revival in your heart to go, I am alive. Renewal means I want to live out that life and get what God has for me. If you need to be renewed, I can't renew you, but Jesus can. Will you stand with your head bowed and your eyes closed? <clears throat> Lord, I love you. I thank you so much, Lord, that, that you never let us go. God, no matter what direction we go in, Lord, that, that you always pursue us. Lord, you always call us. You always wrestle with us. Lord, you always, you always hedge us up to a place where you just want to carry us, God. And uh, Lord, I praise you and thank you that you renew us day by day. Lord, we, we live in a culture of, of darkness, one that consumes and drains us. But, Lord, when we come into your presence, no matter what's going on on the outside, God, we can find peace and we can find hope and joy and direction, Lord, when we when we refocus and when we connect with you, Lord, that you will be the source of our life. God, the promises of your word are so true. Lord, I just pray for the ones here this morning that are in need of that. Uh, Lord, refreshing, God, that they would see you're the only one that can give it. And, uh, God, that you would just... Um, Lord, they'd hear your voice and they would respond in obedience today. Lord, I pray for someone here that's lost. God, don't let them leave lost. That they would see the great hope that they have. No matter what their past is, your word says that when we come to you as our Lord and Savior, that old things pass away and all things become new. God, that we would leave today new and renewed. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Shaken, 
my hope is in the Lord. Time after time, our God is faithful, trustworthy Savior. Our hope is in the Lord. The fear of man, what they plan, will fade. But we know you alone, the God of every day. Like the flowers, men rise and fall. But you are everlasting, ever into God. Lead through day after day, our God is reigning. He's never shaken. My hope is in the Lord. Time after time, our God is faithful, trustworthy Savior. And my hope is in the Lord. So let the songs of adoration rise. Our God is reigning up on high. He's worthy to receive the praise and the glory that the songs of adoration rise. Our God is reigning up on high. He is worthy to receive all the praise and the glory. And day after day, our God is reigning. He's never shaken. My hope is in the Lord. Time after time, our God is faithful. Trustworthy Savior. And my hope is in the Lord. Day after day, our God is waiting. He's never shaken. And my hope is in the Lord. Time after time, our God is faithful. Trustworthy Savior. And my hope is in the Lord. Tonight at church, it starts at 5 o'clock. Last time we had an ice cream fellowship. Tonight we're going to do chip and dip fellowship. 
chip and dip fellowship. That's pretty good. And uh, you bring your favorite dip and your chip, and we'll fellowship, and then we're going to do a... Uh, <laughs> Lord help us. And, uh, and, uh, and we're going to do a short Bible study and uh, and discuss a little bit about the park ministry. Uh, and maybe go over a little bit over the great giveaway. Some, so if you got some discussion you want to add to that, it'd be a good time. So y'all come back to that at five o'clock. Um, outside of that, I don't know of anything else we need to announce. Right. All right. Four thirty is, is it four thirty? Four thirty chip and dip. Fellowships, let's take a trip and get out of here. Lord, I love you. <laughs> God, thank you for this group of people you bless in my life, Lord. I thank you for the community that you put us in here. And pray, Lord, that our hearts would just um, be enlarged. God, you would grow us. Uh, Lord, we want to have uh, your spirit in us that is full. And, and God, we'd be a people who are full of life and full of hope to speak to people who don't have that hope. And, God, you put love in our hearts for one another, for the lost uh, God, we'd be a, a people who want to know you, Lord. I pray we wouldn't settle for anything less, any counterfeit. Uh, God, that uh, we'd seek you. Lord, knowing when we seek you, that's when we find you. And uh, we want to be where you're at and where you're working so we can join you in that. God, we just pray you bless each one here and keep everybody close to you, Lord. And, and uh, God, I just thank you for loving us and saving us. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all.